All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Teens Mate, episode 77. I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And Ray, this is the time where we embark on reviewing the music from 2023. And I know that you keep your own chart, and I keep track of all the top songs that I'm playing out at gigs. Mm-hmm. So this is always an interesting part where we compare our lists and we find out what made our top songs for 2023. And I know you have a whole methodology to how you do it. <laughs> Mine's all based on just sheer frequency. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because we come up with, you know, some really different stuff because of it, because yours is, you know, you're basing it off of stuff played at uh, gigs and stuff. And I'm basing it off of just, you know, what I like, what I'm listening to, which is, I mean, it's affected by what like my kids are listening to and stuff like that. But it's really my favorites of the year. And you're right, I got this methodology, which is kind of it's weird, because it's just like a point system based off of how it is in my chart every week. And you know, you get like 30 points for being at number one and 29 for being at number two all the way down to one point for being at number 30 each week. And I add up the points for the year. And it's from January 1st, the the first chart in January through the last chart in December. So if a Mm -hmm. song is, you know, split in time between two years, it kind of gets punished, right, in my method. And it's weird because, you know, when I look at my final, we're going to go through our our top fives here. You know, like I probably would have, if I just had to rank, I would have, there's one or two that are probably in my six to 10 list that would have jumped into the top five mm-hmm. and one or two in the top five that probably would have fallen down probably one that would have fallen out and one that would have come in but you know the point system is what it is so i just go with it yeah it it's interesting because i was looking at you know your list and then i put together my list and there were a couple songs that i did play but i put down lower there was one that i think we had both on our list it was the fallout boy they did a remake of we didn't start the fire yeah. And I really liked it, but then I started listening to the lyrics and it was, it sounded like they were reading it off the back of like a Cracker Jack box or something. <laughs> like, I didn't understand. There was no like uh, chronology or right. anything to it. It was just like, I'm going to rhyme about Pepsi and I'm going to go into Michael Jordan. I'm going to talk about Iron Man. Yep. I don't know what's going on. So I really like the remake. I yep. just didn't understand what they were doing with the lyrics because it completely went against what Billy Joel was trying to do in the original. Right. No, I agree. And it was, it was, yeah, it was one that just missed my top five here and, and I really liked it and I would, I would jam it out in the car, but that was my one criticism of was the same thing. Billy Joel's had a, a, I mean, it, it, it moved around a little bit, but it had a basic chronology from the mid fifties through the late eighties. And there's just, there's no chronology there. It's like you said, it's well, okay, what can we get to rhyme here and what can we get to rhyme here? And so it, it covers the exact same amount of time, 34 mm-hmm. years. And, and that's kind of interesting that they, you know, they timed it that way to do that. But it, it just jumps around and it doesn't have any real rhyme or reason other than just stuff that they wanted to, to, to say. And yeah. So, yeah, so that, yeah that's one that, that kind of just missed. The one that sort of, I think, you know, if I was just ranking these myself out of pure interest and not based on my points on my chart, a uh, Waffle House just missed my top five. It came in at number seven, and I mm-hmm. probably would have stuck that into the top five, and I I would have knocked my number five that we're going to talk about in a moment here out. So I'm going to yeah. give sort of props to Waffle House. And then it's interesting that you know my next few are all uh, women artists. You know, uh, like eight, nine, ten, even eleven, mm-hmm. twelve are all uh, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Pink, Billie Eilish, um, all kind of 
you know, did well, songs I really liked, but, you know, not quite in my top five. And I had a trouble at number five, and I originally sent you my list, and then I flipped out five, and I put another five in. So the one that I just recently took out of five and put back down was Billie Eilish, What Was I Made For? And I realized why, and it was because of this is one of the only songs where the breath is part of the song. Like, there's a lot of songs where you hear the breath of someone, you know, intaking air and exhaling air, but the entire song is there's that sound in there. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it until I started listening to that breath sound. Right. And then I couldn't take it out of my head whenever I would listen to it again. Yeah, it's funny how that works, right? You can like something and then one part of it. And in this case, like you said, the breath, and I know what you're talking about. It's never done that for me, but you, one part of it, it gets in your head and you, you, it's now, you can't not hear it and it can't not affect your experience. And so, yeah, I totally uh, can understand (laughs) your experience with it. I really, that was a song and you know, that was a song that at first I thought, oh, this is okay. And, and it really grew on me and um, yeah. And then by, you know, two months in after it came out, I'm like, okay, I'm digging this thing. (laughs) Let's dive into our top five. And I'm always interested to find out what Ray has at number five. Okay. So my number five is Ed Sheeran's Eyes Closed. He had a couple of songs this year, put out a new album and uh, this was the big one. Did you know, did well on a lot of a uh, airplay kind of adult pop radio. I sang it a lot with my kids in the car, had a good feel to it. So Eyes Closed was his, his big hit this year. And so it comes in at number five. Yeah. Interesting about that is, you know, Ed Sheeran is all over. I mean, you would think that he would be completely saturated by now with the amount of sheer songs that he's released. But then it sounded like with this song, when I heard it, and it was in my list, but it did make my top five. I thought it was interesting how it seemed to kind of harken back to some of the original material he did. So this is kind of that typical evolution of an artist. And it was a catchy tune. So mm-hmm. I, I'll give it to him on that one. Mm-hmm. And no, and it had that kind of feel that it's kind of danceable yet reflective at the same time. And yeah, it was catchy that that I, 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 that's the part that kind of made it yeah. right. You know, and you kind of, it sticks in your head and, and so, yeah. So that ends up at number five. What was your number five? Yeah. My number five, this was hard. I had, a, you know, everything else seemed to be in line. It was my five flipped out three times. When I was putting this together. <laughs> it's little booth thing by Paul Russell. And I think it's because they're sampling best of my love yep. by the emotions samples are always things that draw DJs. So we talked about this on our, our our sample episode a while back. And there's just something with that. And it's a two-minute song, which is quick, and you can kind of slide it in and mix it over something else. The older generation likes it because it reminds them of the 70s, and the new generation likes it because it's new. It, they don't know that song. So that one pulled up there. The one that got it pushed out was Bloody Mary by Lady Gaga. And that was an old tune that got sped up on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And it was played a lot coming up to Halloween last year. So that was the one that got bumped out. But number five, Lil Boo Thing, Paul Russell. Yeah. So the Bloody Mary is interesting. I never, it, that never really caught me this year, but I know my daughter loves it. She never really had gotten into Lady Gaga. This is the song that did it for her. And so I know that my, my wife and daughter crank it in the car. Little Boo Thing is an interesting one. 
it's one, you know, we mentioned my methodology is based on my chart and, you know, the, the year it's on my, my top 30 chart right now. In fact, it's, it's probably going to go to number one this next week. So it's one that's being kind of hurt by, you know, being across two years, right? So it got some of its points in November, December of 2023, and it's going to get some of its points in January, March, uh, January, February, March of, of even potentially April of 2024. And so it probably won't make a, a top five of either year, but, but when it's raw total gets added together for two, both years, it very well could have. And so uh, it's a, it's yeah. a great song. I, you know, he kind of does the, the, a little bit of the lyrics of best of my love later on in the song toward the end of it. I'm singing that already before he is. And I just, I throw this thing on and it comes on in the car and I just, I crank it. Uh, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's, it's, it's a really good blend of generations and it's so danceable. And that's what I think really hits. That thing is just, it's catchy and it just, it makes me want to, you know, bop and, and go. Yeah. And it's once again, we talk about this every year when we do this countdown, it's split between two years. So yep. it's uh, challenging. Yep. Cool. So what do you got at four? So my number four, we already talked about fallout boy and we didn't start the fire. Their really bigger hit this year was Love from the Other Side. It got tons of airplay on pop radio, on adult pop radio, on alternative radio. I mean, it was all over the place. And it it went to number one on my chart and comes in at number four for the year. I'm mean, Fall Out Boy just had, I mean, they had tons of songs on the radio all year long. They, they had five different songs that, that, were, that were getting airplay this year. And this was the big one. Yeah, and it was a great song. I think it was at my number 10 out of my list. And I did play it. And what's interesting is with Fall Out Boy, if you look at their group, you always think, oh, Pete Wentz must be the lead singer because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's always the, the spokesperson. And if you think about their longevity of their career, I mean, they really started out as that alternative band. And mm-hmm. you can see they've they've really morphed into... I'm not going to call it top 40, but you can see that they've, you know, with the We Didn't Start the Fire and some of the other songs that you had mentioned that they had released, you can see their evolution once again as an artist. And they've had a lot of hits over the years. And I think it really is a testament to their collaboration within their group and their vision of where they want to go as a band. But I've been impressed with them. I was I thought they would be like a one-hit wonder kind of a band years ago and have a couple hits and and here they are, you know, with more hits than they can probably shake a stick at. Well, and that's it's a great point. They did. They felt like, you know, they oh, okay, they're going to be, you know, the next alternative thing that kind of has a couple hits and then fades away. And this I, this album this year just really threw them right back on the map. And you know, you hadn't heard from them much in the in a couple years and this just it cemented that kind of exactly what you said their their ability to cross over their ability to expand their 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 repertoire and their audience and just to to become an even kind of bigger longer act yep so what do you have at number 4 yeah number 4 is surprising for me it's one of those where you probably added up your points and you're like how did that make it into my top 5 but this song calm down by Rama and Selena Gomez was a hit over the summer and it got a lot of airplay and it's probably one of those songs that 
just is in the background. You're not really paying attention to it. And that's what I did a lot. I used it for warm-ups or while you're getting ready for something. But it was a very soothing, calm song. And I think I figured out why I liked it. Because I think, to me, it reminds me of The Return to Innocence Hmm. by Enigma. So that came on, I think on Sirius, I was flicking through. And I was like, I totally forgot about this song. And it's a totally different kind of song, but I felt like they had shared a vibe. And I think that's why this one made it here. Yeah. It, you know, that, that's a, that's a great point about the, the sort of feel of the song and the, the, the sound of the song. It definitely had a distinctive feel to it and it, it got a lot of play. Uh, yeah. ended up peaking at number three on the hot 100. So it got a, you know, a lot of pop play, got a lot of adult contemporary and adult uh, top 40 play. And then of course, even like dance play. So, it, you know, you just talk about Fallout Boy and some of their sort of crossover effect. Uh, Ed Sheeran sort of, ha- you know, definitely has crossover effect. Uh, Rema and, and Selena Gomez having definite a different kind of crossover effect with this song, contributing to its success this year. And yeah, a, you know, a firm choice for the top five. Yeah, it, it definitely, it seemed to strike a chord. And I thought it was interesting. This is another one of those title titles because I believe Taylor Swift has a song called Calm Down. So I think we'll be able to uh, duke it out here in the future. <laughs> yeah, so. who, who needs to calm down more? So. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, what do you have at three? So number three is another one. We talk about, you know, splitting over two years. Uh, this could easily have been my number one song of the year. Uh, it's, if you take the last, well, two years, actually take the last decade, this is probably my number one song. It's the 1975's I'm In Love With You. It hit a um, alt radio in late 2022 and became huge there. And then it, it started crossing over into pop radio and got a lot of play there in 23. And so it really had like tons of longevity. And uh, in terms of my methodology, it was rewarded by that. And so it actually would have made the top 20 for last year and it makes the top five for this year and is really one of the biggest hits ever in the history of me ever doing this chart that I do. And it's, it's a, uh, the sound of this song is so wonderful. I credit If You're Too Shy, Let Me Know from a few years ago was one of the songs that really got me back into pop music. Uh, by the, this was by the 1975 in 2020, 2021. And I remember that song and I was like, wow, this feels like it could have come out in 1987. And it just, it made me feel like, you know, the, the thrill I had of pop music in the late 80s when I really got into it. And I'm in love is, with you is like the sequel to that. It's like, okay, we took that and we're going to up it a notch. And this here, now it's, now it's the summer of 88 and we're coming out with the next one and this is it. And it's just got such great feel. I've heard it compared to like a Fleetwood Mac kind of thing. I've, hmm. you know, I've seen a, a, a lot, again, it, it's, it's got, it's had crossover across various types of audiences. It's just such a wonderful song. And so it comes in at number three, I'm in love with you by the 1975. Yeah. And this was, I think at number nine for me, and I, I agree, Ray. I mean the the way it was put together, the orchestration, just everything about it. And I wonder, you know, the nineteen seventy five. They've been around a while as as well. I mean, not as long as Fallout Boy, but you wonder as they continue to write music. It seems as though they've been able to really latch on to a very specific sound, yep. and. I really like that they continue to crank out these tunes that just get right into your your aura. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're 
your point there is well taken. They've got this, their ability to capture like that sort of eighties feel, but in a, in a contemporary vibe is extraordinary. And, you know, we talk about other bands that do the killers do this, right. You know, we can talk about other bands that do that kind of thing, but the, the 1975 just, they catch it and they, they catch it in a way that feels new and vintage at the same time. And then the, they, they connect with other things too. So, you know, one of the other appeals of this song is that the video is really cute and it's really well done. It's in black and white and it's got, you know, clowns and mimes and, and then Phoebe Bridgers shows up and, you know, and, and they're having a good time. And, and then the lyrics are, you know, abstract yet you can connect to them at the same time. And that's how, a lot of their songs are. And so, yeah, I think you're, you're right to point to that. Yeah. Good stuff. So what's your number three? My number three is straight out of the Barbie movie, which was probably the biggest movie yeah. of 2023. Yeah. And it's dance tonight by Dua Lipa. And once again, Dua Lipa knows how to create dance music. She has another one out right now called Houdini. Mm-hmm. That seems like it's from, 1993 or something. I don't, I don't know. It's, it has the same keyboard orchestration. I don't know if she called up Paul Abdul's keyboard player and said, Hey, come on in. I want you to write a song, but dance the night really captured the movie captured the summer was a big dance song. And to me, it was something that just seemed to echo 2023. Yeah, great choice. I mean, it, you're kind of right to point it. It's representative of the year as much as anything. Barbie is was the biggest hit, biggest film of the year. You know, while the Billie Eilish song captures one aspect of that film, this captures another aspect of it. And as you said, Dua Lipa really cranking out the, the dance hits. Uh, Levitating was so extraordinary a couple years ago and then she just keeps putting out these really good ones we had that collaboration with elton john thing a couple years ago as well and then uh, houdini like you said it really does feel like the mid 90s and and there's a real club feel here and it makes you just want to get up and dance and and that's the title of the song right we're going to dance the night and and so it really represents her it represents the year it represents the film you know really emblematic of the entire year yep yeah was it uh Barbie Oppenheimer or I can't remember oh, the, the, the big contest, which one was yeah, going to yeah. open bigger and yeah, Barbie. Yeah. Barbie, and then yeah. you go see both together. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. What a combo. So what do you have? Number two, Ray? So my number two is a band called nothing but thieves. They had a song called overcome uh, came out mid to late in the year about mid year. And then really big in late summer and then in, through, in, in and throughout the fall. I just, the feel of this song, uh, you know, we shall overcome, it's got that we shall overcome line in it. And of course we hit, you know, there's a long history of that song. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, but it's also about a relationship and about overcoming hardship in a relationship. And it just, it's, it's one of those, those uh, fist pumpers. I'm like in my car and the, the refrain hits in and I've got the, you know, my arm waving my fist pumping. I'm, I'm cranked by this song. And so it just really, really captured a, a lot of the sort of energy that I'd like to hear in a song. And so overcome by nothing but thieves ends up at number two. Yeah. And this is one of those Ray where I had to go out and discover the song from your countdown. And I think that's another thing that I like about the differences between how we're exploring this, because I definitely am 
keyed into as much as I can that's out there in top 40. But I listened to it. And I was like, I could see how this made this high of a chart with Ray because it has so many elements of all of those pieces that make you, as you said, pump your fist. Mm-hmm. So I got into it. I, you know, which is one of those songs where if I would have known about it, I probably would have made my list and I would have explored it more, but I enjoyed it. So what do you have at number two? My number two is I'm Good by David Gutta and B.B. Rexa. And what's interesting is this was another sample of Blue by Eiffel 65. You remember that song back from 1998. And this is another one where David Gutta knows what he's doing. You know, he's like, I need a pop hit. Let's go sample a song that everyone knows. Let's put some new lyrics to it. Let's bring in one of my favorite artists and let's have a hit. And this is one of those where you, know, you put this on, everybody starts bopping their head, remembers blue mm-hmm. and they dance around. And it just, once again, it was one of those songs that you just can't pull yourself away from a dance floor because it's on. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great song. Really. I mean, it started to hit in late 2022. Uh, I remember even it being played at, Thanksgiving in 2022 at the NFL games or something, a baby Rexa showing up there. And it's like you said, that that's sort of that feel, you know, it, it's, it, it samples the Eiffel 65 song. In fact, it helped inspire that the, the feature that I do, the something borrowed, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Really? This could be like, you could do one and this is the only song you put, right? It's something old. It's something new. It's something borrowed from, you know, sample and it's something blue. And and it sort of inspired that whole feature that I, I do on our site. And it's, it is, it's, it's catchy. It's, it's, it's interesting in my house. There's a bit of a, a riff about it. My daughter loves this song. She absolutely loves it. She sings it all the time. Uh, my son, he knows the old one from, he knows the, the Eiffel 65 song from, from internet memes and YouTube videos. And he he doesn't like this because he's like, no, the original was fine just the way it is. And I don't, I don't like that. I, I don't like that they did this to it. So, yeah, what I do is I'll mix in the original about halfway through and then everyone's happy. So but that's <laughs> right. That's the value of a great sample. Right. Is that it? You know, y- yeah. you can you can. And like we talked about with uh, the like the remake of uh, We Didn't Start the Fire, a, g- a good sample brings in both audiences. Um, right. You know, I, it's it's. Everyone finds that way, even with movies. Yep. Let's and, re let's remake it. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and even or even something that's not a remake, but you know, using something like Barbie, you brought in so many different generations, and so mm-hmm. um, I always think of the example, and it shows how even people just a few years apart, you can see those differences in the music they listen to. I always think of the mid '90s when um, uh, song, my 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 brother, who's five years younger than I, than me, we were driving along, and song came on. And I was like, oh, cool, Michael Jackson. And he was like, oh, cool, SWV, because it was their sample of human nature with right now. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that five years between him and me had made a difference in our reaction to that song. And, you know, here we are with my, my kids just two years apart. And their reactions to this song are based off of the the differences in how that which which song they identify with. And and that's that that's the thing about a good sample is that it it makes the song good. It it 
it it incorporates what the the new artist is doing while paying good homage to the old artist and and i think i'm good really does that yeah i it was definitely a toe tapper in 2023 all right ray well drum roll we're at number one what do you have at number one so my number one i spent 10 weeks at the top of my chart which is why it's here and uh that's one better than the 1975 and it's one better than a couple other songs have done in history and it tied i guess harry styles actually did it with as it was which was my number one last year young the giant had a song called the walk home that came out right about like right at the beginning of the year last year and then really just held on throughout the spring it was a big alt hit um in fact i think i listened to the alt nation on sirius xm and it was their number two for the year and it just i i couldn't get enough of this song the feel of it 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 has such a reflective feel yet yet energy to it I play this every day for most of the spring and I would crank it whenever it came on. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it will post the link to your YouTube channel. So I'll look at your YouTube channel, you know, throughout the year and see what's on Ray's list. And I caught this one and I was like, Oh, what's this? So I had some early exposure throughout the year and it was, I think you made a great choice here. I think once again, it, has all those pieces that I think flash back to many of the melodies and composition of songs that just make you feel good and make you reflect. And there's a lot in this song. I I had to listen to it again. When you sent me your list and I went through it, I went through everything again. I was like, huh, I could see kind of the, the flow of, the song and how they put it together. And it took me a little more listening to it again. But I think that's one of those things that we always talk about is the more you listen to these songs, the more they just grow on you. And I think many artists realize that when they, they build it. And this is a good example. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, the, re- the reaction and even young, the giant, you know, the kind of the, the band that kind of one that kind of grows on you a little bit. You're like, okay, they're all right. You know, and then they kind of, they build from there. So, okay, next drum roll. What's your number one? <laughs> Mine's probably, everyone can guess what it is, but it's Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. And I am personally, you know, I like Taylor Swift. I think she's got a lot of great songs out there, but I was surprised this made number one. But this song was the top requested song that I received throughout the year. It was always played. People always got out and they danced to it. It's not one of those songs where like I'm good or dance tonight or I guess a little boo thing. I think it falls more into that kind of calm down, (laughs) you know, feel, but it's a sing along. And I think this is one of those songs that for all the Swifties out there really probably brought in more of them because it was a song that was from an older one of Taylor Swift's older albums, but she started playing live at her concerts that said, Hey, let's put this out now. So it's interesting how an older song can once again chart and become new. And this is a prime example of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is a great choice at number one. I mean, Taylor Swift, you know, she was Times Person of the Year and there was a lot of legitimacy there. She really like dominated things this year. You know, we, we hear about her 
her relationship with Travis Kelsey has brought, you know, people watching NFL games in ways that they hadn't before. We have so many, these new releases of her old albums, which are bringing songs like this back in a way that they hadn't been before. And they're, they were, you know, not the hits from previous years and they are now, uh, I mean, she had, she was all over the place. I was just doing a quick count. I think she had, uh, you know, on my weekly chart, she had six different songs hit the top five of my chart and four of them hit number one, right. You know, or maybe five of them, one, two, three. It's like, I can't, I lose count. That's how much, you know, she does. And she was, she's, she's been um, working with other artists. You know, she had the duet with Ed Sheeran a year and a half ago. Uh, this year, she had a duet with the the band The National that was really good called The Alcott. She's like everywhere and doing all kinds of great stuff. And so for her to be at number one on your chart really makes a lot of sense. I mean, this was the year of Taylor Swift. And it, rightfully so then that Cruel Summer, <laughs> it was anything but a cruel summer to Taylor Swift. But the song is representative of everything that she did. She was everywhere. And... The NFL, from award shows to, you know, you name it, her name was everywhere. So once again, this is a representation of 2023 through and through. And this is what we do here, you know, at Tunesmate. We want to reflect back at the songs that all captivated us. And that's why I always appreciate, Ray, looking at it from these two different views. And we will post your YouTube list so you can follow Ray's list, and then we will definitely keep counting down more songs as we go throughout 2024. But thanks for tuning in to this episode. And any other parting words on 2023's music, Ray? No, I think it was, you know, there was a lot of great stuff. And it was, I looked down that that list of your list that you shared a list that had, you know, a good 15, 20 songs on it. There were a number of theirs. So I'm like, you know, and they, they even ones that I knew about that kind of re-hit me a little bit. And looking back at my, as, as you said, we're going to, my YouTube, the top 100 of my chart, just looking back, it was a lot of really great music. And I'm I'm looking forward to what 2024 has for us. I think Lil Boothing has already gotten us off and Taylor Swift have already gotten us off to a good start. Well, keep listening to our podcast. Make sure to subscribe and follow our blog and for everybody here at Tunes Mate I'm Mark and I'm Ray and we will see you next time <laughs>